0: Hello, my name is Robert Jacobi. I'm the co-founder and managing director of the Nunatak Group. We are a digital strategy consultancy working for international clients in media, entertainment, in commerce, in automotive, and finance to help them uh, putting their business on a clear digital trajectory.
1: Robert, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it.
0: Thanks for having me. Karim, looking forward to our conversation.
1: Absolutely. So Robert, last year in May, a couple of months after uh, the pandemic uh, began, uh, Nunatech conducted a study of uh, digitization initiatives uh, before, during, and even looking forward uh, after the onset of COVID-19. I'm really curious and I wanna ask a few questions based on this. What does it actually mean in your mind when companies look to become digitized or accelerate digitization?
0: It's a very good question because every one of our clients and every person I know from my network would give a different answer. <laughs> so. There's some really rather let's say conservative companies that still see digitization as, okay, finally we have to scan these folders sitting in the closet or we have to set up a digital signing tool or anything. Others uh, think digitization is buying new computers uh, and enabling smartphones, etc. So, um, but that's not the way we think about digitization, how we at Nunatak think about digitization. And that's what a message that we also brought across in our projects with Active International is that digitization itself is not the goal. Digitization is a means to an end. And uh, the end is to become a fully customer centric company. And by customer centric, I would include both like the paying customers, but also employees who you should also regard as a, a certain kind of customer. And key to be successful in a world that actually is really faster and has increased its digitization speed through Corona is to anticipate the needs of your key customers, to stay on top, to stay competitive, um, to, to provide services that are really um, uh, that that, are, that really stick with people, and in order to 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 be able to anticipate the needs, you need digital tools. You need digital tools from fields such as marketing automation. Uh, you need tools from uh, such such as digital service, etc. You need to do excellent advertising. You need to do digital sales. You have to do a good customer relationship management, and all this has evolved so much based on digital technology that if you don't improve and employ the new tools, your competitor will do it, and then you will keep um, uh, then, then then you'll lag behind.
1: You, you talk about, in, in your study and in some of the reports that you've put out since, uh, the growth, the acceleration of digitization. Um, how are companies approaching this prior to March 2020?
0: People in our survey across the board, um, that's European companies, but probably it's not so much different in uh, in the U.S. or other countries, they said that before Corona hit, their companies were really, just 10% of the people said that their companies are really well in going digital. So everybody has had a hard time. Um, What has changed through Corona is that the crisis has put more spotlight on digitization. Every one of us uh, has moved to the home office. Uh, we use cross-ray delivery via internet, Netflix streaming, etc. Um, so even in conservative industries, managers finally understood that they really have to change and have to speed up their digitization uh, processes. And the key result of the study that we've, have, we've repeated since, and we also see like what kind of mandates are out there in the market, are three topics. The first one is data strategy. Um, the majority of managers said yes. 80% said we have to get our data right. Um, the second one is build digital first business models. Uh, That don't lean on brick and mortar stores or etc. And the third one is internally, but obviously it's also something that transmit to the to the outside world. Is build more flexible organizational setups because things are moving so fast and customer needs change so much that if you have like a trickle down conservative corporate structure that's um, not built on agile and um, flexible uh, co-working elements, uh, you're gonna lose.
1: Nice. I'm, I'm curious if you have any examples of success stories, you know, how have companies fared so far?
0: Yeah, so um, uh, one example um, would be uh, maybe surprising, uh, but coming from Germany, a very conservative and old company, it's actually almost 80 years old Volkswagen. Uh, I mean, you know it in Canada and the US. So, um, uh, Volkswagen is an old fashioned car maker. They've been hit hard by the emissions scandal. They've had uh, heavy management infighting. Uh, they had problems with unions, and then the lockdown came and no cars could be produced anymore. So, what happened over the last two months, three months? Volkswagen is actually one of the best performing stocks on the European markets. And it gets excellent press, and suddenly they've emerged as a serious challenger to Elon Musk and Tesla. How? Because they it took the break they had and didn't just wait for corona to um, end. Uh, they invested in top tech and creative talent, and actually what they did, they didn't do everything right. They still have their troubles. But two months ago, they presented their new software unit, and they'll actually hire 10,000 software were engineers until 2025. Uh, at least, I mean, they have to find them, but that's their goal. And that's more than the number of industrial engineers they have. And before uh, before Corona, this wouldn't have been possible. Th- there's a big mindset change in management and what kind of change they finally understood that software is eating the world as Marc Andreessen uh, said. So uh, if you want to compete with Tesla, you don't have to build better cars, you have to build better software. And that's a positive example for, for change of a uh, mindset. And that's important, I think that you really adjust your mindset you change your skill set and your tool set to build good products that really help people in a more digital world another example um, a very obvious is um, a small company biontech Um, it's a company right out of here my hometown that has um, developed the vaccine together with uh, Pfizer, that's actually uh, behind Moderna, the most important vaccine right now in the world. And they had a very innovative approach three, four years before Corona hit, they developed this RNA way of developing vaccines. And um, they were lucky, but their good ideas have been proven by the crisis and they were ready to build up and scale their business in a matter of six to nine months. That's another excellent example. And they wouldn't have been able to do this without having a fully digital setup, a fully data-driven internal structure and high level artificial intelligence development tools that, they use to, that they've used to develop their, um, uh, their medicine, basically their vaccine. I wanna
1: sort of ask you one more question Uh, before we leave, uh, you know, how companies have uh, pivoted and adapted uh, as a result of COVID-19. What do you believe companies need to do, uh, looking out, you know, looking at the end of this year, looking forward into the future, when the world comes out of this uh, pandemic? What do companies need to do to ensure that, you know, similar to Volkswagen, you don't, you don't have to wait uh, for a pandemic to stop and to restart. What do companies need to do to ensure that they continue to move forward in an innovative fashion?
0: Yeah, great question. And I think this hasn't changed. The answer to this question hasn't changed through the pandemic. It's the same before and after. And I've published a lot on innovation and how you do it right. And there's basically five recipes that you really um, uh, need to be successful. You need a clear corporate strategy and goal. What do you want to be? What do you? What's your vision? Because you can't innovate without knowing in what framework you, you, you are in, what's your world, basically. That's the first point. The second point is there's oftentimes a misunderstanding of what innovation really is. Innovation isn't building the product you have a bit better, but it's moving into a different segment, a different product area, a different um, internal setup. Uh, it's really something new. Um, The third one is, and oftentimes forgotten, you can't set an innovation unit somewhere on uh, on a field and make them work and it's going to happen somehow. No, you need an innovation culture within the entire company, very important point, uh, really to change your culture towards idea creation, etc. The fourth one is should open up to partners, external support, startups, um, even competitors, um, if you want to be successful and uh, and innovate fast. And the last one is you need to have clear success criteria um, to see whether you should put more or less resources on a certain track. And then really say, okay, it's worth trying it or not. And success shouldn't be measured just by bottom line and revenue, but by potential and um, and early feedback from uh, from the market, and oftentimes very innovative approaches in big companies are cut down because they don't show results after one year. Yeah, and to finish up with a quote by by Bill Gates, um, uh, he said, uh, very famous: "We always overestimate the change that will occur in the next two years." but we actually underestimate the change that will occur in the next 10. So very important to give innovation time after one or two years, it's not sufficient to see whether you're on the right track, but oftentimes really good innovation has been cut off on a corporate level far too early and then, 10 years down the road, you think, oh, gosh, why didn't we stay there? That's the most successful company suddenly um, around in our industry that's done exactly this, but they started from scratch. And only by following these five recipes, you can overcome the famous uh, innovator's dilemma where a, um, a, an incumbent has always a pretty hard time to, to, to basically risk his own business uh, by, by innovating.
1: That's really interesting. I think those five recipes are. Are very, very important. I want to sort of now um, expand on that. Uh, You've discussed recently um, how companies approach innovation. You know, there's this idea that you have an idea generation process at the beginning of this whole innovation process versus something that is very structured and evidence based approach to innovation. I'm wondering if if you could sort of unpack both of those and, and why you feel uh, a structured and evidence based approach is the way to go.
0: Maybe a small correction, I wouldn't even say either or. I think the key to success is a combination of both principles. Um, you. In- Innovation won't happen if you don't have an idea and a culture that basically rewards the generation of ideas and enables the collection of ideas. There are some companies that have really built a a ballot box at the entry for people to put in ideas on on paper. You You need to do this in a digital way, but it's really important that people feel like their ideas are appreciated. But at the same time, Um, An idea, the best idea turns to waste when execution isn't done right, so you need both, you need the process um, uh, for innovation in the company. And this process needs to be well-structured, needs to be evidence-based, but by the right evidence. And the evidence needs to be taken from the market, from early tests, from early um, uh, pickup rates of certain services or products. And then you have to build on it and set different stages and give it, as I said previously, a certain time, um, but under under a controlled environment, so to say. Yeah, um, But um, we've built a lot of innovation processes for companies from commerce, um, uh, automotive, media, etc. And the most successful were always those who managed to first set the culture in a way that everybody, like even on the weekend, suddenly under the shower where you have your best ideas, you don't have them in an office meeting or an office setup, but you have them in weird moments. And then you should know whom to call <laughs> and then also get the reward and traction that you don't fear, okay, my boss is going to, we're going to take up the idea and carry it to the board and I will never get any credit for it. So you need to have this culture, but at the same time, you need to have um, resources in place to carry it through and defend it against the needs of the daily running current business, very important. And you can only defend it if you have a structure put in place, budget structure, people, resources, otherwise it's gonna be eaten away and carried away by uh, by more urgent and, uh, and pressing needs in the short-term perspective.
1: Last question, Robert, before I let you go today. What excites you about the future? What's, what's next for you? What's next for Nunatech? Uh,
0: great point. I, I haven't prepared an answer here, So, uh, but, but the key thing that's uh, right in my mind um, is one that actually I've had a hard time learning over the last years myself. We come from a tradition where we build very analytical structural concepts um, for our clients, um, convincing them on a fact-based approach. And that's actually what we were paid for. What I came to realize uh, over the last one or two years, but even more through the pandemic, pandemic, that you have to put the human being in the center of what you do internally as well as externally. Uh, Design your devices, your services, your products from a human centric perspective, um, because only if you do this, um, you're going to be able to convince people uh, that your service, the way you approach things, is worthwhile. Uh, they will be willing to pay for and they will be um, willing to uh, to recommend your approach, which is key to uh, not only B2B, but also B2C services. And I think this is even true on a, on a public sector level, um, and we've seen a lot of faith um, in in, in government over the last uh, one year and I think this always happens because structure has been regarded as more important than the that then basically uh, the human being that's basically the person using uh, the solution and, uh, and, and needing the service. And I think this has to change. Still, structure has to be right. You need to have a bottom line. You need to make money, uh, but you have to do this, I think, nowadays. Uh, and that's going to be the progress, and that's what we're going to look at at Nunatak to do it from a human-centric perspective and standpoint.
1: Robert, this has been a fascinating discussion. Thank you so much for joining me today. Before I let you go, uh, where can people go to read more about some of these things that you're thinking about when it comes to innovation and in digital?
0: So uh, first of all, I try to publish a bit on LinkedIn. But- Profile is easy to find, Robert Jacoby. Um, secondly, on our corporate webpage, uh, nunatak.com, uh, it's in both languages, so you can download pieces in English as well. And I've published a book recently. It has an English title, but it's only German right now. It's called Reboot, uh, the Code for a Resilient um, Economy. Um, and maybe if, if it's going to be picked up a lot here in Germany, there might be a translation down the road. But for those who understand German, you can go to Amazon uh, and download the Kindle it. Conditions.
1: Wonderful. Robert, again, thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Karim. It was a great conversation. It was fun talking to you.
1: Power your advertising.
0: Working with Active International enables you to fund your advertising using your company's own products, assets, or even services. We have over 30 years' experience connecting and bringing value to businesses all over the globe, helping many brands scale up into household names.
1: Want to achieve more from your marketing spend? Contact Active International today.